This podcast is brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within the healthcare industry. This is Howard Anderson, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today we're talking about cloud computing with Faisal Nanji, Executive Director at the consulting firm TechHuman. Thank you for joining us today, Faisal. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure, Howard. When considering using cloud computing for remotely hosted applications, such as electronic health records, or for remote data or image storage, what are the most significant security risks that healthcare organizations must consider? The most important thing, I believe, uh, Howard, is that we really make sure that the actual agreement that we sign with the hosting provider is done well, which means that I think our biggest risk is really educating our own legal team on this. And often this is can be a failure because the legal team is not as technically adept. As we're moving into the cloud, we have significant changes in our control structure. And so standard controls that may seem reasonable may not really be adequate for cloud-based environments. Well, so that said, the, the actual agreement is a big issue. Then we also have to worry about uh, a various number of other issues. For example, how the cloud vendor is implementing administrative rights and segregation of duties, that is, who has access to the administrative rights for managing the virtual machines and managing the storage network and, and managing the network itself. So these are all important issues. Uh, you have also other issues that focus on disaster recovery and business continuity plans, and we want to make sure that vendors are really doing this right. So things that we have to ask the vendor is when was the last time they did a full exercise or a simulation of a shutdown? And, you know, things such as do they have adequate access to backup power? And I think, you know, just to expand upon that, that's an important issue because a lot of people will say, yes, we have backup power. But sometimes if you read the agreements with which they have backup power with, for example, the municipality, you might find that the municipality, in the event of an earthquake, will usurp all the power and, and uh, for that data center, even though they have an agreement with the municipality. So we have to be very careful that disaster recovery and backup and business continuity planning are really details that have to be ironed out in the, in the upfront. Another issue is that we should assume that big is good. A lot of people will say, well, you know, my hosting provider has does X billion dollars of, of business a year. Well, that's nice. But we cannot assume from our standpoint as customers that big is necessarily good. The other important aspect is that if we're co-locating, which in many cases is going to be a concern, we might be co-locating with direct competitors. So how is data segregation managed? Do we have storage clusters that are shared or are they different? It's nice clearly to say that we have logical separation, but sometimes it might be even nicer to have actual physical separation of those storage clusters in addition to logical separation. Well, again, as I mentioned, there are quite a few issues around these. Uh, some other issues, for example, could focus on the inflexibility of the vendor in making policies and standard changes to their own environment. That is, they have a set of standards and policies that they feel is inflexible. Well, those may be inadequate for us as a customer. And if they are showing such inflexibility, then that's not a good thing. 
So I guess what I've done is I've, I've suggested quite a, f- a range of security risks that occur in the new cloud environments, but these clearly are issues that must be addressed. Okay, in light of those risks, uh, could you go over a few of the most important questions to ask a cloud computing vendor before signing on the dotted line, and what kind of documentation should cloud customers request? So the kind of documentation the cloud customers should request varies, and of course, as, as I mentioned earlier, the actual agreement with the hosting provider is very, very critical. And that said, let's assume you've gone through that step and that the legal environment has really worked very closely with the compliance environment as well as the IT operations environment to understand that we, the customer, are getting what we want. Well, then based on that, what we really need to know is we need to know if they have any had any past failures or shutdowns. We need to know who the cloud provider's business associates are, and these might be firms that who are doing the physical shredding of documents, people who are involved in actual physical security of the facilities, people who provide the network and the telecom security as well. We would also need to know in depth the information security policy standards and the procedures that each of the uh, th- that the uh, hosting vendor is providing, uh, and the procedures especially are important because they go into a little bit more detail on what actually is being done. We clearly have to have transparency into their operations, and this is a very, very important point. Transparency into cloud operations is vital. That is, who, is, who within the hosting provider organization is handling administrative rights, who's managing the virtual machine environment, who has access to database access, storage access, and network access. And so for that, what we really can find is that, or we should be able to request from the hosting provider, very easy access to logs for the above. So these clearly should be randomly selected by date or function if possible, but we should be able to have easy access to logs. If the hosting provider is not going to provide you with good logs on who is handling our information, who what, who the administrators are, what the virtual machine environment changes uh, look like and when they were done, and so forth, then I think we, we have to be circumspect about the overall quality of the hosting vendor. One other area that I think we should have in, uh, in the contract is the right to audit anything. Of course, that's our starting point. But we should have the right to audit pretty much anything within the environment because if they're doing really a good job, then they really have nothing to hide. So we should really have the right to audit anything. And then finally, what I'd also like to see is penetration test results for both the network layer and the application layer, the most recent ones that they have. And typically for most uh, hosting providers, they should do one every six months. That is, do a, uh, this is what is known as an, in the industry as an ethical hack, both at the network layer and also for the application. And so depending on whether you're a SaaS provider or a PAS provider or, uh, or some other kind of uh, hybrid provider of uh, software as a service, you must ask the hosting vendor what have they done within the last six months within this arena penetration tests at both the network and the application layer. So what details should be spelled out in a business associate agreement with a cloud computing vendor to adequately address HIPAA and high-tech act compliance? What should be in those kind of contracts beyond what might be in a more conventional business associate agreement? Well, again, as I mentioned earlier, we must have in the business associate agreement 
we must have transparency into their operations. We must understand who is handling all the administrative rights and the segregation of duties, the storage access, and the network access. We, again, of course, have to have easy access to their logs for a, any business associate. And then we really want to find out what is the lowest common denominator for security in their environment. So we must take a stab at understanding what is absolutely guaranteed by the business associate. Now, if they want to charge extra for this, uh, then their cost-conscious clients may realize that they don't want to spend the extra money on this. But in general, we have to understand what is the lowest common denominator that the business associate agreement is going to provide for us. And if it's not in meeting with our standards, then we must identify those gaps and let them know in no, in no uncertain terms, this is what we must fix. Again, the right to audit anything and the penetration test results from a business associate agreement also extremely important. Based on your experience, what's the single most important step a healthcare organization can take to assure the secure use of cloud computing? So, again, it's, we want to make sure that the vendor is treating us right. Uh, cloud computing is a, is a new foray into IT infrastructure, and there are lots of cloud companies out there all claiming to do the right thing by you. But because it's a fairly new endeavor in IT, it really means that uh, there will be a lot of variation. So what we must do, what we really must do, and I can't stress this, I can't stress this enough, Howard, is let's make sure that the vendor is treating us right. Let's also make sure that we educate our own internal teams. Uh, these are the IT teams who typically will be wanting to get on the cloud bandwagon, but if we don't educate them well enough on what the security requirements ought to be, they may be missing something. Then, of course, we also have to educate the legal uh, team because they are far removed from the technical nuances of what needs to get done in the cloud. And so we, as technical experts, have to really provide that direction to the legal team. And then we must raise most of the issues before any contract is signed. Obviously, it, it, that makes the most sense. I've seen quite a few instances in which people raise issues after the contract is signed, and that's not particularly helpful. So those are some clear, clear issues. And I'd like to end by, by just by saying there are clearly three major cloud compliance issues if you really think about them. One is this notion of data ownership and control. That is, we may have to revise our models for establishing trust and consequences and chain of custody and how we provide access and authentication for our key data assets. So as we IT folks and legal folks think about signing a contract on cloud computing, let's make sure that we genuinely understand what the data ownership and control chain of custody is. Second, we must also realize that as we move to the cloud, that the interactions between software and systems will exceed typically those between people and machines. So the cloud will only accelerate this trend, and, it's a, and so it's an imperative for IT and for security folks in IT to account for the reality that a user in the cloud may more likely be a machine than another person. And so this really has very profound implications on how identities are provisioned, authenticated, and managed. And then the final thing is this notion of administration. We must have a clear, concise view of how things are administered. What are the policies? Do we have full transparency into the policies, the procedures, and the standards?
do we have auditing capabilities that are adequate enough that we can view at the at the hosting provider? So that's in general are, are the three major issues that uh, uh, I would like to summarize and, and, and end with because those are the most important: data ownership and control, how you think about facilities and service provision, especially from the authentication and provisioning and managing side, and then finally the administration of the relationship between your IT personnel and their IT personnel and how you manage policies, how transparent people are in actually giving you an idea of what's right and what's wrong. And, of course, clearly supporting all of this is any auditing data that that the cloud provider can provide you. Well, thanks very much. We've been talking today with Faisal Nanji of TechUman. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so very much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by HealthcareInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.HealthcareInfoSecurity.com.